The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome to Well Seekers, where we are giving you the keys to rise, come back, and thrive in this complicated world to help you find your story of wealth from the mind down. I'm Lucia. For those of you who don't know me, um, I am the host of Well Seekers. I'm also an Emmy-nominated journalist and host um, and a licensed mental health professional. This is your first time joining us. Well Seekers is really all about giving you those keys like we talked about. Um, maybe you never got the keys. Maybe your parents hid them. Um, maybe you lost them for a little while and you need a reminder. Maybe you just want a new pair. We're here to offer personal stories, conversation, and solutions to help with growth, with mental, emotional health, with holistic well-being, with relationships, with family, with friends, um, everything to help you rise, come back, and find your story of well. And for some people, it's writing a whole new story of well. So we're really glad you're here today. In that spirit of writing a whole new story of well, um, we're in the middle of a series on mindfulness uh, for 2021, moving into 2022. And one of the things we do here is talk a lot about stories and the power of stories, the power of connection, right? Yes, research is so important and tools are so important and cutting edge things are so important. Um, sage advice is so important. Advice is important, right? But as a storyteller, I can't deny the impact, and even as a mental health professional, of um, the power of companioning, really, which is hearing someone's story, coming alongside someone with their story, um, and the power of giving a story a voice so that you can hear it and say, you know, yes, I relate to that, me too, right, whatever it is. Um, identifying with someone's story is a powerful thing, and it absolutely can motivate people to change. I know for myself, there were so many pockets of my journey along the way where um, it was someone's story, whether it was with um, food or substance or fill in the blank with divorce, with relationships, with grief, right? Losing my brother. I remember losing my brother um, when I was 19. Uh, literally, he disappeared and has never been found. Um, which could be a, a whole different series on grief. But I remember it was people's stories. It was people coming up to me and saying, I lost my brother. I know what it feels like. Or I lost my father. Or I lost this person. That first experience, right? It was people's stories because I didn't know what grief was and I didn't know how to get through it. And I wasn't down with mental health at the, <laughs> at the time. So um, that's really what perpetuated me. Uh, forward during that time. And since then, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've had a lot of losses since. And, um, you know, I know how to deal with them now because of the, the road that was cleared before me from people, even more truly. I, as a licensed therapist, I'll tell you therapy is needed for some things. Grief is one of them. But having people guide me was foundational, absolutely foundational in the way that I got through such a, a tragic time. 
That's why today's show is all about a personal story. Um, our guest happens to be a friend of the show, one of my best friends, Swami Verdin. If you listen to the show, you know Swami is a mindfulness and meditation teacher and just an all-around amazing guy. We'll probably get into it. We met in media when I was in full-time media in Los Angeles, and he was as well. Um, and there was just an instant connection between us. Uh, he had a really powerful journey that took him from doing things like working on Ryan Seacrest's show to where he is today as a mindfulness instructor. Really similar paths um, in the sense of having things that altered our, our journey that took us out of the day-to-day -day media world into health and media, um, which we both sit in today. I feel like when it comes to stories, letting the person speak is more important than anything I have to say. Um, so we're going to be right back with Swami Veridin, mindfulness meditation instructor, amazing human, um, and someone with a really powerful story and a really powerful journey of how he went from the world of media, Los Angeles, the day-to-day, -day, into um, a really powerful series of events that led him to the man he is today. So we'll be right back with Swami Veridin here on Wall Secrets. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. And we are back on Well Seekers talking about personal journeys of mindfulness and how they have transformed lives. I'm so honored to welcome back to the show mindfulness teacher, meditation guru, friend of the show and my personal friend, Swami Veridin. Swami, thanks so much for joining us today on Well Seekers. Thanks, Lucia, for having me. So I know we've had you on to talk, Swami, about um, meditation practice and putting it in practice. And we're doing our series now on mindfulness in 2021 or 2022, if you're listening in 2022. <laughs> um, so mindfulness in our current state of the world. And um, we've been talking about ways to really incorporate it into our love lives, into our work lives. Um, but one of the things that I think is always so powerful is to hear people's personal journeys of how mindfulness and meditation and personal development changed their lives. And we've had you onto the show before to talk professionally, but you have such a powerful personal story. Um, I'm wondering if you could just tell everyone listening a little bit about before you entered into this wellness sphere of life, where you came from and how you got to the point of switching careers because it's a pretty impactful and powerful story. Um, let's see. Well, before wellness, I wasn't well per se. Mm. I uh, was heavy into partying. I was living in Los Angeles, you know, the partying scene and heavy into smoking my cigarettes. I was having 30 cigarettes a day, which is about pack and a half a day cigarettes or maybe a pack, pack a day cigarettes, chain smoking um, and having about eight to 10 cups of coffee a day. Mm. So and other things I did as well. I rather not say, but there's other things I did. And, you know, you could probably guess. So we'll fill in the blanks for you, Swami. But what's yeah. interesting is this is when I met you. Right. This is when right. I met Swami was when I was living in Los Angeles and I was full on in media as well. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. What did you think of me when you met me? And I'm not talking about personality wise. So, you know, you know, we're good friends, of course. Mm -hmm. But did you notice my chain smoking? Did you notice my coffee drinking? Well, I'm trying to 
let me just think back on how I met you. I know, I know we met because I worked for iHeart in LA and you worked for iHeart in LA. And I think I came in and sat in on a show you were producing. Is that right? Or running board for Brad Bradley? Correct. Right. Remember okay. I said, uh, <laughs> right. So the joke. What did, no, tell me what you said. I don't remember. We were talking about dating. I said, I would never date a redhead. And then I turned to my left and Lucia was sitting right there. <laughs> Gorgeous red hair. And I said, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Guess I have... we're not dating anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. I mean, maybe my uh, intuition was correct then. I mean, maybe that's when my intuition started. I was right. We haven't dated ever. So uh... we became really good friends. And just for the record, it was I was really strawberry blonde because I've never been a yeah. full on redhead. Yeah, you're not full redhead. Yeah, but I was a strawberry blonde, I think in my early 20s, for sure. It was a great bit. And it, it wasn't a bit, but it would have been a great bit. So, so perfect. I said that, I turned around, there you were. Yeah. And I think we were talking about dating because was it Dr. Jen was on the yeah. show? Who's huge now, I think, actually. When do we not talk about dating? I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, when do people not talk about dating? I mean, dating's a... Relationships and dating is a such a powerful part of people's lives. It's a huge part of people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Dr. Jen was on. She's now on like VH1, I think. And she's gotten bigger from that. Mm -hmm. She definitely has a show on. And I remember because she went to Emerson and I went to Emerson and then in pop Swami. And it was love ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. So Did you notice anything when I was smoking and, and uh, drinking coffee? You know, I was new to LA when I met you. I think I was like there for a week when I met you. Right. If anyone has lived in Los Angeles and maybe it's changed in the last decade, but it's just like a Mecca for people that drink. It's really odd, right, Swami? Because you have like people that are uber healthy and really into like the latest and greatest. And then you have like people that are really into partying, doing drugs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it even registered, to be honest. I think it was yeah. just like, okay, this is someone that falls more into the media party, not the media wellness. Let me say this. I don't drink coffee anymore. I, I'm caffeine free. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. But people would tell me now, looking back, my friends would say I was so hyperactive that I would literally walk away mid, in mid-sentence when they were talking. No. Yeah. And not even realize I was walking away. I don't remember you doing that to me. I think you're one of the only person. Maybe it is true love. <laughs> or maybe I was just so ADD. I didn't notice because I was walking away too. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I say that because I have ADD. Tell me you lived in that life for how many years? About seven, eight years, seven years, seven years. Then what happened for you on your journey? And then I lost everything. I lost my job during the economy crash. My car broke down on the highway. I uh, couldn't pay rent. And then I had to move back home with my parents in my early 30s. Mm. And living in a, in a two-bedroom apartment, my parents are living in LA in a four-bedroom townhouse, per se, and partying every weekend and now having nothing. So I went on a 10-day meditation retreat, which is uh, Vipassana meditation. And Vipassana is a... Uh, Meditation that was created by the Buddha and the Buddha created it. And then it was resurrected by a businessman called Goinka. And Goinka was a very successful businessman, but he had migraines. He went to doctors all over India and they couldn't solve the migraine. And someone said, why don't you do meditation? 
he did this Vipassana meditation and the migraines went away. And he promised everyone that he would open up meditation centers for free for everyone in the world. And that's what he has done. It's nonprofit. It's all donation-based. And you go there for 10 days, no writing, no reading, no talking, no emails, nothing. You meditate for 10 days straight and you are all by yourself with your own thoughts. And then you leave a brand new man, I suppose. How did you find out about this? And how, if someone's listening and wants to know more, do you know how they can find out about this? I found out because my brother did it. I actually did the thing with my brother. And I remember going to that place. And I was stressing because there's no smoking too. So I was like literally chain smoking on my car right before going in. Like literally there are people outside waiting in front of the door. So I was in my car, 10 feet away, chain smoking. Like, <gasps> let me just have one last, last cigarette and uh, go in. So the website is dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org. And it's a meditation retreat. It's free. It's all vegetarian food. And they have great volunteers there. And you can talk to the teachers if you want. My introduction to it. And then I went to the Zen Center in San Francisco. I lived there for like a week and a half, learned meditation there. We do something called Zazen, which is uh, sitting meditation. It's a great experience there. I volunteered there. So what I would do is I'd like clean around and clean the bathrooms, sweep. And it's really one of service, that they say in, in Zen Buddhism. And then from there, I went and just been doing meditation breath work for about 14 years. I've been doing it daily, haven't stopped. And of course, I saw a therapist. I started seeing a therapist around that time. And I saw a therapist for about 13 years, maybe 13 years, 12 years. And now part of a men's team, like group therapy for men. Take us back, Swami, to when you hit your bottom. I mean, this was the lowest of the low for you. Right. When did you have that realization? Like, I can't keep going on like that. I know that it was, you were living in your parents' house, right? With my parents, drinking a lot of coffee, some cigarettes. I just couldn't do it. I, I forgot what, the, I don't know what exactly the realization is. I could not do it. Could not do it anymore. But there kind of came to a point where I really wanted to end it, end it all. I did go to the train tracks. And I literally wanted to walk in front of a train. And something told me, I didn't walk in front of a train. I didn't. But something told me, go get help and help others. I remember it very clearly. Mm. And, and so I went and called an old friend of mine who I saw on Facebook who was uh, studying to be a therapist. And we talked. And then we went on this journey. Mm. So when you started to go on this journey, did you realize you were permanently setting out on this journey? Or did you think, you know what, I'm going to do this, get my head on straight, and then I'm going to go back to media? I always thought I'd go back to media. Mm. You know, I mean, let me put it this way. This, this, there is, if there's any advantage I had about not walking in front of a train is I have ADD. Luckily, I couldn't focus hard, hard enough to, to uh, walk in front of a train. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, screw this. I'm walking away. Yeah, media was always the thing. I, 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 I didn't think I'd be doing this for 14 years, 13 years. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think I'd be writing a blog for a long time or having a cookbook. This is the longest I've been consistently in anything, correct? As you know me. Yeah, I think, I think for sure. For sure. And let me say this. I don't even really think about it. But when I talk to people, they say, well, how long have you been meditating? I go 13 years. Like 13 years. Like daily? I'm like, yeah, daily. Like, holy smokes. You're really dedicated. And I say, I guess I am. I don't even really think about it. It's almost like brushing your teeth. I just mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. It's very odd for me not to do it. And I don't even know. I don't even, I don't remember when I haven't done it. Tell me about what meditation has meant to you. 
if you can. I mean, I know that it's completely changed your life, changed your life direction, changed who you are internally and externally, right? So like who you are on the inside and how you operate in the world. Tell me in your own words, how it's impacted you and what it means to you. Well, just calm me down. I don't have as much anxiety. If I do have anxiety, I can control it. If I have stress, I can control it. There's good stress and there's bad stress, right? Good stress is like, let's be honest. If you're a mother, you're going to have good stress. If you're pregnant, you're going to have stress. If you have kids, you're going to have stress. But I think what meditation has done is it's made, made me the observer. Whereas I know there's a subconscious mind, which we all have. And from the age we're born to the age about nine or 10, all our thoughts, uh, visualizations, awareness, everything we see here goes into our subconscious. It's almost like the foundation to a house. And from 10, age 10 on, you're living off that foundation. So you're really your subconscious, not really your conscious. So your conscious is listening to your subconscious. And what meditation has done for me is, and therapy, it goes deeper in that subconscious in your roots, in your foundation and figuring out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like what, what happened in childhood? You know, we have, we have thousands of thoughts a day, Lucia. It's proven. Mm-hmm. And what meditation does is it slows down all those thoughts. So imagine all of us are pretty much driving a Lamborghini. We're going at fast paced all the time, going, 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 going. What meditation does is it replaces a Lamborghini with a Toyota Camry mm. and you're slowing it down. So you're able to see things outside your window. You're able to see a restaurant. So maybe you're hungry. You're able to see a movie. Maybe you need to have fun in your life. You're able to see family members. Maybe you got to see family members. You're able to see job openings. Maybe you got to get a job opening. You got to get a new job. Mm-hmm. So many of us are walking around and running around actually and sprinting that we're not really aware of what the heck we're doing and why we're doing and why we're here. Yeah. And I, I do feel like for you, Swami, it has, it has slowed your mind down for sure. Right. And given you the chance to be more purposeful about the choices that you make, which is really what meditation is all about, right? Like connecting to a more conscious state of being. Right. So I've seen it work in you and I've seen you now embark on this incredible journey in different direction where you'll probably come back and use media in an even more powerful way. Right. You know, when I was in media the first time around, I had no idea what I was doing, meaning I had no purpose other than being famous or having fun. There's no teaching there. Now I may, I know I could, at least I think I could at least teach people and guide people to a more conscious self-love awareness mental state, which a lot of people need, especially men. Tell me about that, especially men. Well, I'm a man and we are not taught to be emotional creatures. We're taught to be all about data, business, money, success, and leading. But the suicide rate amongst men is much higher than suicide rate amongst women. So one reason for that is men are not champion to talk about their emotions. They're actually kind of made fun of, or they have been made fun of to talk about their emotions, talk about their anxieties, stress, insecurities. So what we say in my men's team is there are men walking around right now, a lot of men who have bricks in their pockets and pebbles in their feet. What I mean by that is pebbles in your feet, some little small thing happened to you maybe 10 years ago, you're holding onto it. Some big thing happened to you 20 years ago, five years holding onto it. And you are reacting to others in an anger frustrated manner rather than reflecting and you're acting you're reacting to yourself Mm -hmm. and you're tense and you're angry and you're mad 
And what meditation does is it calms you down. Like it lets go of that, all that anger and that stress and anxiety. And that's what group therapy does too. Do you think that the approach to meditation, I know this isn't necessarily why you're here. And I think this is why you're such an important part of, I feel like well seekers and you know, we've talked about having Swami as part of the show in a bigger capacity, but do you feel like meditation for men works differently than females then? It definitely affects them. Because every time I, I teach meditation to a man, he's like almost blown away that he could actually meditate and not say anything for like 10 minutes. It's like he's blown away that he doesn't have to be in control for 10 minutes. He's blown away that he doesn't have to be uh, a leader, quote unquote, for 10 minutes. In that sense, I have seen a difference Whereas females are already emotional. And what I mean by that is I don't mean emotional in a negative way. If you're a female, you're able to communicate and connect with your female friends and talk about your emotions, correct? Sometimes. Right. Sometimes. Men don't have that. Men don't have that because men are very competitive. Yeah. And they're very, they compare each other. They compare themselves to each other. So it's very hard to see a man and have a personal conversation without it being judgmental. What meditation does is there's no judgments in meditation. It really relaxes your mind and men need to be relaxed. Do you feel like then in that sense, you're just saying that with men, there's not an opportunity to relax and express emotions. And this is a window into that world. And you feel like what we classically identify society, society will say feminine, right? I know that there's lots of different, like, right. It's not binary male, female all the time. We're just going based upon male-female conversation within the construct of societal feminine idea, there's more of an opportunity to express emotion is what I hear you saying. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. Without a doubt. And I'll say this to you because I know this because I think partly you and I became very close friends very quickly is because I was the opposite. I was able to express emotions very easily Mm. and with no shame expressing emotions. But I was at times shamed by everyone else, including females being too nice, being, you know, too much of a people pleaser, being too emotional, sensitive. I got all those words until quite frankly, a year ago when there was a uh, Corona attack and the whole world had to figure out, wait a second, our mental health is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I come from that aspect. So you're, you couldn't have said it any better. It's 100% correct. And I think also being a man, Lucia is, I have a lot of female friends and they want, and I could be wrong, but my female friends who told me they want a vulnerable man, but not too vulnerable. And a guy who can talk about his emotions, but not too emotional. They want a man who's self-aware and is also strong. So funny you say that to me because there was um, a training I was in about relationships and male, female. Again, we're just talking binary, right? Male, female. Um, we could have a whole other show, a whole other conversation um, on this. But if we're looking at male-female relationships, how women look for in male counterparts, men that are more willing to express emotions more than ever in this right. in this current climate. So I find it interesting because there is an expectation now in any gender that you have the ability to express emotions. And I just think that that is not something that is necessarily taught to anybody, male, female, or otherwise. Right. This is such a fascinating conversation. I feel like we actually need to have you back to talk to talk about this in detail. 
If you could tell somebody in a few words who may be struggling, maybe they weren't in media, but maybe they're at a point in their life where they're not quite sure what's next, where to turn, what to do. And they are feeling as, as low as you were feeling before you set out on, on this mission. And maybe they are not going to hop into to the, a new you know, wellness career. But if you had any words of advice or wisdom to offer, what would those be? Well, I'd say to ask for help. I would say to slow down. I would say find a meditation teacher or go to a meditation retreat. Vipassana is free. I'd say one of the biggest things I've done as far as the mail goes is join a men's team. Uh, there's one called Mentor Discover Inspire dot actually org, and it's a men's team where men can talk about their emotions with each other, and that's one being one of the greatest greatest resources in my life. It's completely changed my life, along with meditation and therapy. So. Mm-hmm. What I would say to anyone who's down is you're not out and there's help out there. That's the great thing with society nowadays. Mm-hmm. We could talk about social media. We could talk about Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We could talk about influencers. But what we need to really focus on is there's so much help out there that you could get. I love that. Swami Verdon, meditation guru, teacher, friend of the show, and just all around incredible human. Thank you so much for joining us on Well Seekers. And if people want to find you, how can they find you, Swami? Urban to Urban Meditation on Instagram. And uh, that's where you can find me. Swami, thanks for your time. We'll have you back to talk about more about that. And we will be right back on Well Seekers. Thank you. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless. And with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data. Coast to coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico. Plus, text and data in over 210 countries worldwide. All with the best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at PulseCellular.com. Thanks for being part of The Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Well Seekers and thanks so much again to Swami for joining us today. Um, If you have a story you want to share, I can't believe I forgot to do this in outros for the other episode. So um, if you have a story you want to share, always, always, always make sure to reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can email me directly if you go on the website. Um, Everything is at Wellseekers. So wellseekers.com backslash wellseekers. You can find us and you can absolutely find me. One of the best parts of doing this show is hearing from you. Um, hearing from our listeners, having people ask questions. Um, We're going to start doing a series where we do some Q&A. So I'd love to hear your questions, comments, anything you have um, that you want us to look into, have as a topic, or maybe it's just on your mind. But sharing your story is one of the most powerful things you can do. Swami, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, um, for helping guide people who may be struggling today as well. Um, And most importantly, thanks for being my friend and thanks for being a friend of the show as well. For everyone listening, for everyone who's a part of the team here, I want to say with the most sincerest gratitude, thank you for being a part of my journey. Thank you for giving us your time today. Thank you for um, being here and a part of our family. We are very grateful that you've chosen to spend your time with us. So we'll be back real soon. Thanks for being with us here. I'm all seekers. How would you like to join the conversation? 
Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.